Tonight we're back in the Judges of Israel. Uh, if you're keeping track, this is part 23. Uh, if you were uh, counting along with me, you might have noticed somewhere along the line I skipped a number. And uh, so I think I did part 22 twice in a row to get back to the right number. Uh, something like that. I don't know. But 23 is the right number. This is the 23rd uh, lesson in the Judges of Israel. I've titled tonight, Actions and Consequences. And, and that's just the title. There's a bit more that goes with it, but that's my title for tonight, Action and Consequences. Uh, we're going to be looking at chapter 15 tonight of the book of Judges. We're going to see two events take place that the Philistines think that they can do whatever they want. Uh, we will see how that turns out for them. We will also see what happens when someone is willing to do the work of the Lord. Even when it might be hard and it might make them tired and it might take a whole bunch of time. Uh, last time uh, we talked about the judges of Israel. We covered the last part of chapter 14 of Judges. We've seen Samson make some questionable decisions and put himself in some questionable situations. We've seen the power of influence on even a strong man like Samson. This uh, the, the chapter here is mainly about uh, Samson getting married. Uh, chapter 14 was mainly about Samson getting married. And as we start our message tonight, we're going to see that Samson is denied his wife. So in chapter 14, he gets married. And we're going to start tonight looking at Samson being denied his wife. Look at Judges chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse 20. It says, and he judged, um, sorry, that's 15, let me scoot over here. But Samson's wife was given to his companion, whom he had used as his friend. But it came to pass within a while after, in the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid. And he said, I will go in to my wife into the chamber, but her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hast utterly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to thy companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do not uh, do them a displeasure. And Samson went and caught three hundred foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between the two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and all the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. Then the Philistines said, Who hath done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock Edom. Uh, so we see here first in this passage that the actual denial uh, in chapter 14, verse 20, we see Samson's wife was given to his so-called friend. Uh, and uh, we talked about this before last time when we went over this. 
Uh, when he first married this woman, we talked about how Samson was brought 30 men his age to be companions and friends with him. Uh, we talked about how friends will make a difference in your life. Friends will influence you either to do good or they will influence you to do bad. They will be a good influence on you or a bad influence on you. We looked in chapter 14 how those 30 friends were bad influences uh, on Samson and it caused him to make some questionable decisions. Now we see even more evidence that these friends were not very good people. Uh, This friend did not have the integrity or respect to not take another man's wife. Uh, We know that God gave in Leviticus and Deuteronomy the rules regarding marriage, and they would have had those rules in this day uh, for them as well. Uh, It gave the rules of marriage and taking a man's wife. Uh, The only way a woman could remarry uh, would be if a bill of divorcement was written up by the people involved or death. And this obviously did not happen here since Samson did not even know that she was not his wife anymore. My guess is that the friend did not really care about any of these rules of God uh, that God put in place here because he didn't really care about God or the things of God. Uh, This is not the kind of friend that we should have or the person we should be hanging around with. Uh, Remember, Samson is also God's leader in place at this time. Samson, being the judge, should bring more respect than even just a couple of friends or buddies hanging out. Uh, Think of David and his respect for King Saul. Even though Saul didn't really do much to earn that respect, but because of the position that Saul held, David had respect for him. Uh, Again, this friend wouldn't care about that too much because this uh, friend doesn't care about God. This is not the kind of friend that is going to help you or encourage you to do good. This is not the kind of friend that is going to cause you to grow closer to God and remain obedient to God. This is not the kind of friend a child of God should have. Uh, So we see in the first part of chapter 15 that Samson goes to visit his wife. We'll read that again starting in verse 1. But it came to pass within a while after in the time of wheat harvest that Samson visited his wife with a kid, and he said, I will go into my wife into the chamber, but her father would not suffer him to go in. Uh, so Samson left his wife and went home without her after the marriage feast. Uh, this left her at her father's house, even though uh, that they were married, she stayed back there. Uh, Samson was upset with her for tricking him into telling her the riddle, and then she went and told his so-called friends, uh, who were uh, men of her people there. So now Samson is going to see her after some time has passed. I don't know if maybe he thought he was letting her cool down, like they got in a big fight and, you know, we got to let her cool down before we go talk to her. Uh, but he, he eventually decides, hey, I'm going to go see my wife. And uh, so he shows up there thinking he's going to see his wife. Uh, and he thinks he's just going to come back to her and be with her and everything's just going to be normal. Uh, this is not what happens here. And really, it probably... Uh, never really is when we allow time to go by like that. Time changes things, and our decisions also change things as well. We have to be careful what decisions we make. They can change the rest of our life. This is why it is best not to make decisions when we are upset or mad. 
we are not being led by the Spirit in those moments. We're being led by our emotions. And that's probably what Samson did in that moment at that feast when they got the riddle from his wife. Uh, he was probably mad at her and just decided to leave her just because he was angry. And he made that decision there when he was upset. Well, I remember, I don't know if I told this story or not, but I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was probably around 10 years old, I went to the fair with my family every year up there, and there was this game where you would throw a baseball and it would clock your speed. And so I wanted to play this game. I talked my dad into paying to let me play this game. And uh, so I play, and you get to throw it three times, and the goal is to guess the speed that you're going to throw. And if you guess the speed correctly, you get a prize. Uh, so you get three throws to do it right. And so on the third throw, whatever, I don't know what I guessed, I was not a baseball player, and I was probably thrown really, really slow, but whatever I guessed, I threw it that exact speed, and it came up, whatever, you know, whatever it was, probably 12 miles per hour, you know, because I was a weak little kid. So uh, whatever it was, it came up, and I got a prize. I got to get, it was a Cleveland Indians batting helmet. It was like a fake one, like for kids or whatever. Uh, but it fit my head, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I wore it the rest of the day. I wore it all the time at home just to show off to everybody that I guessed the right speed, and I thought I was going to be some big-time pitcher because I could guess my own speed or whatever. And if I remember right, I threw basically the same speed all three times, which is probably the fastest I could throw. But uh, anyways, one time I was, uh, my dad told me I couldn't do something, and I can't even remember what it was. That's how meaningless it all was. Uh, but my dad said I couldn't do something, and I was mad. So I, I was sitting next to this helmet. I don't know why, but I was with my helmet there. And I got so mad, I was like, I'm going to teach him. And I grabbed the helmet, and I throw it across the room as hard as I could. Now, I don't remember getting a spanking for that, but I probably should have gotten a spanking for that. Uh, but I, I remember that broke the helmet. It cracked, and, it, and a piece fell out of the middle of the top, and it was cracked, and you couldn't really wear it anymore. I tried to tape it back together. I was so devastated over this thing being broken. Uh, but I look back at it now, and I think, man, if I would have just paused for a second and thought about, you know, I picked this thing up, and I think, hey, if I throw this, it will break. You know, and if I would have paused and thought about it, it would have made a difference. And I wouldn't have made that bad decision. Our decisions uh, can and, and usually do change the rest of our life. Uh, we cannot afford to make decisions when we're not being led by the Spirit. We cannot make decisions when we are being led by our emotions. Even uh, not just anger, but any emotion. Uh, when we are feeling strong emotions, we need to pause. We need to take some time alone with God in prayer and in His Word. And after doing this and feeling the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can make a decision that is pleasing to God. And we'll, uh, we will not end up regretting it. And our, our life can better fit within God's will. Uh, making a decision without doing those things first, without spending time in God's Word, without spending time with God in prayer, and without waiting for the Holy Spirit to move you, doing that will cause you to make a decision that is not God's will, and you will end up regretting it. Uh, the father of Samson's wife here, he gives his daughter to one of the so-called friends that Samson had when he was there for his wedding, and this upset Samson, so he left. Uh, so when uh, when he came back, he was upset that all this happened, and we'll see here what the consequences for this was. Look at verse 3. And Samson said concerning them, 
Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned them tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between the two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burnt up the shocks and of the standing corn with the vineyards and the olives. Then the Philistines said, Who hath done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and went down and dwelt in the top of the rock Etam. So that is the consequences of their decision, of the decision to deny him his wife. Uh, in every decision, there is consequences. Uh, Samson was not treated right. The, the laws of God weren't followed. Uh, plus, the Philistines were following fake gods and, and not the true God. And all of that adds up to negative consequences for their actions towards Samson. Uh, we see in verse 3 that Samson says he is not responsible. He's not the cause of their consequences for their action. Uh, remember, if you do something wrong and you are punished for it, then you are the responsible one for doing the thing wrong. It's your uh, own doing. Your actions caused those consequences. Samson says he's not to blame for the punishment coming to the Philistines. They are to be responsible for it. Uh, this is kind of an unpleasant topic, but pretend for just a minute that we did something wrong. Uh, I know that's hard to believe. We're Christians. We never do anything wrong, right? We're, we're all perfect. Uh, but just pretend for a second that maybe you did something wrong. Uh, if we do something wrong or something against God's will for us, we can and probably will be punished for it. Sometimes the punishment is delayed, but sometimes this punishment is immediate. Uh, sometimes this punishment might come from someone else. Uh, when my kids do something wrong, I have to punish them for it. Uh, so I'm the one doing the punishment uh, for them uh, because of what they chose to do. If I uh, drive down the road here and I go 95 miles per hour, like it sounds like some of the cars do down this road, and uh, the policeman decides to pull me over and give me a ticket, it's not the policeman's fault for my ticket. It's my decisions and my actions and my foot pushing the pedal all the way down to the ground that caused me to get the ticket. Uh, so sometimes uh, my punishment for my decisions will come from other people, but sometimes it might come from God directly uh, when, he, when he wants to deal with us. Uh, so can anyone think of some people in the Bible that were directly punished by God, not using someone to do it? I'll get you started. Start with Adam. Adam was punished uh, for his sin in the garden, and his punishment was working uh, having to work and, and, you know, the sweat of his brow and all of that that took place in Genesis chapter 3. Can anybody else think of somebody else that uh, was punished directly by God? David. Uh, what are you specifically, which, which time? Okay. Okay, and, and the death of the child because of that. I actually wrote David down uh, for when he counted the people. 
when he was told not to, uh, and the whole nation in that case was punished. Uh, but David had to actually choose his punishment from God. Uh, can anybody think of any other times that someone in the Bible was punished directly by God? Autumn? Jonah? Yep, that's good. Anyone else? Jamie? Moses? Do you have a specific time? Yeah, I wrote that down too. Uh, Moses was not able to go into the promised land because he disobeyed what God told him to do. His punishment was not going in. Pastor? Yeah, yeah, I got that on my list as well. Uh, they lied to the Holy Spirit, as Peter says, and uh, their punishment was death, pretty severe, uh, but that was directly coming from God. Any others? Autumn? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that that would not have been a pleasant thing to do. <laughs> but, but yeah, you had something else? Judas? Oh, what exactly? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that fits um, as far as uh, the punishment. I mean, he kind of caused the punishment himself, but the grief was there, um, you know, and, and all of that because he realized uh, his wrongdoing. Uh, any other ideas? All right, let me check my list. I had Lot's wife. Uh, she disobeyed. She turned back and turned into a pillar of salt. Uh, and I think we carry, pretty much covered the rest of the ones I had. So sometimes, the point is, sometimes people are punished directly by God throughout the Bible. And sometimes people are punished through someone else. God uses someone else or something else sometimes uh, to punish them. Uh, Samson was used by God to punish the Philistines for their wickedness and for them coming against the uh, children of Israel. Uh, this kind of uh, punishment here uh, for Samson is somewhat of a crazy punishment. Uh, I think it's quite creative. I kind of like creative punishments. It makes things interesting. Uh, I think as a parent, you send your kid to the corner a hundred times a day, it just gets kind of boring. So you come up with something new for them to do, you know, uh, like scrub the toilet with a toothbrush or something. You know, you got to kind of be creative, you know, keep it interesting. Uh, but what Samson does is he takes 300 foxes and ties their tails together and he puts some kind of torch in between their tails and he lights it and lets them loose on the Philistines' crop. I think that's pretty creative. I don't know that I would have thought of that, uh, but I think that was pretty creative. But I also think that that was quite involved there. It would have taken a lot of time to do that. Uh, this is what Samson was uh, to do for his service to God here. This would have taken a long time, though. Uh, think about I, I don't even know how you would calculate how long it would take to catch 300 foxes. Uh, I, for for me, it would probably take my entire life because I just wouldn't be very good at it. Uh, but 300 foxes, he had to catch them all. It says he caught them all. Uh, so he had to do that. That would have taken a really long time. Uh, sometimes God is going to require us to put a whole lot of time into serving him. Sometimes. Sometimes it won't take as much time, but sometimes it might. Uh, some people are not or would not be willing uh, to put this time in. That is why people uh, do not stay committed to serving God. Sometimes they just get tired of putting the time in and they want their time back and they want to do their own things with their time. But this is also why some people 
never sign up to serve God in the first place. They're not even willing to sacrifice the time even in the beginning. Uh, some people are not willing to give God the time it would take to serve him the way he wants. Also, some people are not willing to put in the effort into serving God's. Samson would have had to work hard at catching 300 foxes. It would have taken a lot of time, and it would have taken a lot of effort. Uh, then he had to somehow tie their tails together. I know how you would do that. Uh, and then he had to put the torch in there and light the torch and not burn himself. Uh, you know, that would have taken a lot of effort. Uh, I feel like we would have uh, a lot of excuses on why we wouldn't be able to do that. I'd say I don't have the time to go out and catch 300 foxes today. Uh, I don't know how to tie their tails together or I might get burnt or, you know, so many excuses we come up with to not serve God. Uh, or just try to get out of it. We need to be willing to serve God at all costs. We need to be willing to serve God even if it would take a lot of our time and a bunch of our energy and effort. Uh, we need to be willing to serve God at all costs. After this, the Philistines, they burn Samson's wife and her father with fire. That's at the end of verse 6. It says, and the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. So, uh, that was, uh, I guess, their punishment for uh, how they treated Samson. Uh, then Samson kills many of the Philistines because of that horrible decision. That's in verses 7 and 8 that we read over. So what happens after this? After all that, now the Philistines, they invade Judah. Uh, let's look at verse 9. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered to bind Samson, Are we come up to do to him as he hath done to us? Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock Etam and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us. What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. So this all starts uh, with the Philistines invading Judah back in verses 9 and 10 there. Uh, we have the Philistines here who don't care about God, don't care about God's will. They decide that they're going to take and dwell in land that is not theirs. Uh, God gave this land to Abraham and to his descendants, which are the children of Israel, which includes the tribe of Judah. That's whose land this is. Uh, the Philistines decide that they know better than God or they don't care about what God wants at all and they go and dwell in a place they don't belong. Uh, we need to be careful not to be where we don't belong. We need to be where God wants 
us to be every single day. It's uh, easy to see where God wanted Israel. He told them and helped them get there. Uh, it's easy to see that God didn't want his children to be mixed up with non-believers as well. Turn over to uh, Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34, and we'll start in verse 12. It says, Take heed yourself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whether thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. For thou shalt worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous god. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. And thou shalt take of their daughters and unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go a-whoring after their gods. So that is uh, what God thinks on this subject. God tells his people not to dwell with non-believers there. Uh, God then gives them a reason why they should not dwell with them because they'll follow after their gods. And this doesn't shock us at all, but God was right. It did happen uh, when they didn't drive them all out like they were supposed to. Uh, they did follow after the fake gods of the people of the land because they did not obey and drive them all out. Uh, we need to make sure that we're going where we should be and we're not going where we should not be. The Philistines are going where they should not be. God did not want them in Judah with his people because he knew what would happen if they mingled together. The Philistines thought they could do whatever they wanted and it didn't matter what God says. Now, this may be because they just didn't believe in God at all. And you might think, well, I believe in God, so I would never do that. But it does happen. Uh, we mentioned Jonah. He did the very thing. Uh, he believed in God. He knew who God was. He was a servant of God and a preacher for God. But he still uh, did not obey God, and he went where he wasn't supposed to go. It happens. Uh, even uh, the believers in the church in Corinth didn't always follow God's plan and God's will for them. Uh, we have to be careful, careful to keep following God's plan and not our own plan. And the Philistines followed their own plan here. They invaded Judah. And so there's going to be consequences for that. The consequences of invading Israel or Judah here. Look at verse 11. Uh, then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock Etim and said unto Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are the rulers over us? What is it that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, we will, uh, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely will we not kill thee? And they bound him in the two, with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. Uh, so the Philistines tell the men of Judah they came to get Samson. Uh, the men of Judah then go and tie up Samson. Samson allows them to do so as long as they uh, try not to hurt Samson themselves. And the men of Judah agree to that. They tie him up and bring him to the Philistines. 
Uh, in the next two verses there, the Philistines uh, think they have the perfect situation here. Uh, they think that their plan is working perfectly. They shout with excitement as they see Samson, and they think they're probably going to capture him, probably going to kill him. Uh, but then God gives Samson strength, and Samson kills a thousand of the Philistines that day. Uh, the Philistines are an example of what happens when you try to do it your own way and not God's way. Uh, they came up with their own plan. They thought that they knew best. Their decision and their actions had consequences. Uh, if we try to come up with our own plan, it will fail just like the Philistines' plan. If we think we know best, we will fail miserably. Uh, everything we do has consequences. Following our own will and not God's will has consequences. Uh, Samson followed God's plan here. Uh, Samson did the work of the Lord here. Both times that we looked at Samson doing the work of the Lord tonight, we've seen that it was hard work that took a lot of time and a lot of energy. Samson had to give a bunch of his time and energy to God when he did the work of the Lord in verses 3 through 8 there. And Samson again had to give a lot of his time and energy when serving the Lord in verses 14 and 15. Both times it was hard. Both times it took time and effort and it took dedication to doing the work of the Lord. And both times it took Samson relying on God, uh, not just for the plan, but also for the spirit to guide him and give him the strength. So are we willing to serve God? Uh, it will be hard at times. It will take a bunch of time. Sometimes it may, sometimes it may not, but it will take time. It will take a bunch of effort. It will take us listening and following God's plan. It will take us relying on the Spirit to guide us and give us the wisdom and strength to get the work done. I think that all of us want to be servants of God. My prayer is that this church will be full of people desiring to serve God. But that can only happen if we start it. And if we continue it, I know a lot of us are already doing things. Let's continue it and, and be excited about it and get others excited about doing it as well. Uh, I've been in workplaces where uh, everyone there was like they were depressed. Nobody wanted to work. They were all lazy. They just sat around and, and did as very little as they possibly could till the you know, clock struck three and then go home or whatever. I've also been in workplaces where you see a guy come in and he's shaking hands with everybody, high-fiving everybody on his way in. He's excited to do some work because he's just happy to be alive and working. And all of a sudden, other people are getting happy and excited and starting to work too. You know, it's contagious. We can either get other people working harder with us or being lazier with us. We have to be willing to serve God at all costs and in every single way that we can. Samson was strong, but he got tired and weak as well. Uh, look at verse 18. It says, And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God clave in hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water there out. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. God took care of him. Uh, Samson worked here until he was nearly dead. Uh, he did the right thing by calling out to God for help in this moment. God didn't leave him to die. Uh, God provided exactly what he needed in that moment. And God gave him the strength back that he needed. 
Are, are we willing to serve uh, with all we have? Are we willing to serve until it hurts? Are we willing to serve like Samson did here until we're nearly dead? Uh, serve until uh, we have to call out to God and say, help, I don't know if I can take the next step. Uh, God will provide for us like he did for Samson. So let's just keep serving God and seeking God. There's a verse that's been on my mind uh, for, for the whole week. Uh, it's First Chronicles 16.11. It says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Uh, we need to keep seeking God. We need to keep relying on God and relying on his strength. And we'll, we will then be able to keep serving God according to his plan. Let's pray.